You're listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast from Judicial Watch. I'm Chris Farrell, and this is On Watch, the Judicial Watch podcast where we take a deep dive behind the headlines to cover news that the mainstream media would rather you not know about, where we try to recover some lost history and explain the inexplicable. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you so much. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, whether you're watching the video version on YouTube or Rumble, or whether you're listening to us on one of your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating, email us, let us know what you want us to cover, who you want us to interview. Uh, we really appreciate your input and your dedication to this podcast. It's a great pleasure to be able to bring this to you. And today in particular, we have a real treat for you. We have Representative James Comer, the uh, Republican member of Congress from Kentucky, who is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, James Comer, of course, is leading an investigation into all sorts of Biden uh, mischief, corruption, criminality, and we're very pleased to have Mr. Comer join us today. Congressman Comer, thank you so much for joining us on Watch. Thank you. My pleasure. You've got some very big news in the past couple of days. Your committee and your office has released an, an image of a check from James Biden to Joe Biden for $200,000, what appears to be a direct payment. And the, the memo line on the check reads, loan repayment. Tell us about this check. What is the significance of this payment? The significance of the payment is this is the first hard evidence that Joe Biden benefited financially from his family's shady influence peddling schemes. The White House is trying to say it's a loan, which let's say it was a loan, which it wasn't. But, you know, the media is going to go along with whatever the White House says. Let's say it's a loan. Jim Biden could have never paid that $200,000 back to Joe Biden had he not influence peddled AmeriCorps Health. We have James Biden's personal bank records. He never had more than $6,000 in his personal checking account for months and months and months. One day he gets a $200,000 wire from AmeriCorps Health. That same day, he writes that $200,000 check to Joe Biden. So there's no question where the source of the $200,000 came from. It came from AmeriCorps Health. And what they were, were a failing healthcare company that Jim Biden approached and said, because of my last name, Biden, and because of my brother's contacts in the Middle East, I can help you all get all the money you need to get you back on your feet. But it's going to cost you $600,000. They paid him that in three increments. He never produced a thing. And then the last increment he turned around and, and gave to Joe Biden. So just a, a little more on the source of, the, of that money. Uh, you say AmeriCorps is a, a health services company? They were a health care company, but they filed bankruptcy. And the, the last big check that went out of AmeriCorps Health was to Jim Biden, which ended up in Joe Biden's back pocket. And what's the connection to the Middle East? Uh, that's a, obviously a, a big chunk of the earth. Who were they tied to? What, what kind of business were they doing in the Middle East? They weren't doing any business in the Middle East. They were an American healthcare company that was on the verge of bankruptcy when that check was written. Now they are bankrupt. Right. We know all this from bankruptcy court documents. Uh, they have sued Jim Biden for fraud because Jim Biden did what the Bidens do. They influence peddled. They went to this company and said, we can do whatever you need because our last name's Biden and our brother has contacts all over the world. So what James Biden 
pitched to AmeriCorps Health was that uh, they needed money. The Middle East has plenty of money because I'm Joe Biden's brother, because we, we will use Joe Biden to help you get millions and millions of dollars to help you get back on your feet. That is, in a nutshell, what the Biden business is. They influence pedal. We've seen the text messages from Hunter to the Chinese where he's shaking them down for money. They use the the, the worst countries in the world and, and the Biden last name as a reason to profit. And uh, again, that's that's called influence peddling. And we've seen it and, and now have evidence that Joe Biden benefited from that. It is uh, it is literally a racket. And uh, I mean that in the sense of racketeering. It is really a racket mm-hmm. operation they're running. Uh, I want to just kind of go sideways for a second and ask you about uh, your impression, your uh, feelings, your your viewpoint on our new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike's a good guy. He and I came in together. Uh, very smart guy, man of faith, uh, certainly uh, an honest guy. And I think that uh, after four or five ballots, it was obvious our, our you know, there were a lot of people in the conference. They didn't want someone from leadership for whatever reason. They didn't want a high-profile member. Uh, they wanted just an, an honest guy. So we'll see how that we'll see how that works out. I can tell you, Mike Johnson's a good, solid guy. Uh, obviously, he's going to have to quickly assemble a staff. Uh, you know, there are a lot of moving parts to being Speaker of the House. So. Uh, certainly, Mike Johnson has the mental capacity to do it. He he has the ethics and, and morality to do it. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be a, a great speaker. But he's he's certainly very supportive of our work on oversight. And I think that that's a good sign for this investigation moving forward. I was going to say, just imagine that, an honest, regular guy as the Speaker yeah. of the House. That's pretty extraordinary. That's not in my uh, living memory and I'm pretty old. <laughs> well, that's that's the book on Mike Johnson. I mean, he's a, he's a great shooter. And, and look, I think what the American people saw over the past three weeks was there's a high level of distrust in the Republican conference, which, you know, that's that coincides with America. There's a high level of distrust of Congress in America. But, yeah. uh, you know, there had been a lot of promises made that, that could never have been kept by by the by the previous speaker, to be honest with you, and I like the previous speaker, but uh, we're going to have a clean slate and start all over. And, you know, we've got to focus on our core principles and, and the issues of, of this Congress. And certainly we, we need to secure the border and we need to reduce wasteful spending because we believe that's what's led to inflation. So uh, those are the two core principles of our conference. And I, and I think that Mike Johnson will, will, uh, build his legislative agenda around those two core principles moving forward. I like to hear that you believe he'll be supportive of your investigations and your efforts. Uh, It's been my uh, experience over uh, more than a couple of days that uh, nothing happens on that hill without the speaker either explicitly or implicitly approving that it goes on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did did McCarthy, uh, did McCarthy blunt or or constrain or in some way set limits on your efforts and your committee? No, he, he didn't. Uh, and I think Jim Jordan would say the same thing. So Jim Jordan's obviously reading the Judiciary Committee. I'm leading the Oversight Committee. Jordan's investigating the fact that uh, all along the way, the evidence that, that we're producing is overwhelming that the Bidens have, have committed many crimes. 
what Jim's investigating, why, where the government was, where were, uh, where the, where was the FBI, where was the DOJ? That's what he's investigating. Right. So we've had a good working relationship with McCarthy, and I think what, what one thing that a lot of people don't realize when we issue a subpoena, the speaker's office and their general counsel has to sign off on that subpoena because right. if it goes to court, they're the ones that represent the House of Representatives on the subpoena. So that's so just that, just to interject. Um, we know that all too well because uh, Speaker McCarthy went out of his way to attempt to block Judicial Watch from getting all the January 6th videotapes that were mm -hmm. suing in federal court over. We found that astounding. We could understand Pelosi trying to block all the January 6th videotapes, but we found it quite disturbing that uh, Speaker McCarthy mm -hmm. jumped on board with her and said, yeah, don't release them to the public. The American public doesn't need to know that, doesn't need to see those videos. We found that we, we hope that the new speaker will take a different approach on that because it's, yep. our, it's our position that every single second of January 6th video, the American public has a right to, and we don't want to hear all the reasons mm -hmm. supposedly why they can't see that. No, I agree completely. I think uh, we should release the tapes. I think Mike Johnson has said he would do that. Good, uh, good. And, and, and let, let, let me say this about Judicial Watch. As, as chairman of the House Oversight Committee, I appreciate everything you all do. I follow you on Twitter. Good. We read everything you do. You all have been more successful in getting a lot of documents through your, your FOIA lawsuits than we have, which is which shouldn't be that way. That's how bad the, the administration is blocking us. But we'll try uh, to help you. We're very yeah. Well, you have helped us a lot, and we we appreciate the great work that you all do. It's been very beneficial to us. That's great. Uh, you know, one of the things that always disturbed me was the listing of uh, Hunter Biden flights that he took that had Secret Service protection. Uh, it isn't even a complete mm -hmm. list, but 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 the bulk that we got was 411 flights to 26 different foreign countries. And of those 26 different foreign countries, five of those flights were to China. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask yourself, what in the world is Hunter Biden doing with Secret Service protection on five flights to China? But his dad knows nothing about his business, of course. Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden's lied so many times to the American people and to the media. You would think that at some point they would uh, pay attention to our investigation the media the american people are yeah but the media won't you know the media has not covered that two hundred thousand dollar check cbs nbc abc the washington post and new york times have never written the first story about that check we have the actual check You're right now they're they're trying to fact check me as we speak once they write us they're only going to write a story if they can prove i somehow lied or misled the public about the check so you know the 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 president has gotten away with all of this, quite frankly, because the media hasn't tried to hold him accountable. You know, used to the media played a role in holding politicians accountable. Now they only focus on Republican politics. Correct. Correct. Uh, you've got 12 funding bills you've got to knock out between now and November 15th. In those funding bills, is there going to be is there going to be any effort to restrict or constrain the Department of Justice from uh, and their uh, monies, you know, allocated to them mm -hmm. uh, for this this jihad they're on against mm -hmm. President Trump, or their efforts to undermine your activity. You guys hold the purse strings. If you wanted to, if there was sufficient political will, 
You could put language in there that constrains mm -hmm. DOJ appropriations mm -hmm. and what they can and can't spend money on. Is that going to happen? I hope so. And that was, in all honesty, what led to McCarthy's downfall. I've been going on TV for nine months saying that uh, in September, Republicans will be able to write the budget. We have the power of the purse. We're going to hold the, the Justice Cabinet accountable. September rolls around here. The budget doesn't even make a cut to the, the Justice Cabinet. Right. And, and that's very, I mean, that, that irritated me because, you know, I really believe that that's what we were going to do. The problem, you know, with the miscommunication in the conference, you've got, you've got a lot of members that are, that are conservative, that, that want to get the backs of the taxpayers. They want to hold this Justice Department accountable. They know it's been weaponized. Then you have members, and most of them are on the Appropriations Committee, and, I, you know, good, good people, but they're not real interested in, in cutting a lot of things. So uh, that's where the argument was. We've got that appropriations bill. Uh, that's being written as we speak, rewritten as we speak. And, and I think Mike Johnson knows that there are a significant percentage of the Republicans in the conference that want to cut the budget of the DOJ. I mean, can we not agree to at least take away the FBI, that brand new building they're wanting to build? I mean, somewhat, the FBI has to be held accountable. The, the Merrick Garland has to be held accountable. So this is our opportunity to send a message to the Senate in, in our appropriation bill that we're going to hold them accountable. Yeah, and, you know, defunding Jack Smith's operation would go a long way to restoring mm -hmm. some, some trust and faith uh, because yeah. I mean, he, he is out of control. This is the same guy who, you know, got a nine-zip ruling in his outrageous conduct trying to destroy the governor of Virginia, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where he just went off and just did this, you know, uh, leveling the earth, right, knocking down everything and everyone in its, in its way. Uh, he's got mm -hmm. a pattern, an established pattern and practice of operating unethically, and, you know, this is funding Jack Smith makes about as much sense as, as sending sending money to Hamas. Right. I mean, th these mm -hmm. are people. They are legal terrorists. They, they engage in criminality and abuse the process and system. Why in the world would you send them another dime? And uh, anyway, I just think it's incumbent upon Judicial Watch supporters to call your congressman and say, hey, I understand you got to pass the bills to make the money flow to not have a government shutdown, but you can also put language in there that restricts and constrains mm -hmm. the Justice Department from throwing money at witch hunts and other other crazy things. Just like you can say, why in the world will we be sending sending money to Hamas and other or mm -hmm. Iran for that matter? Um, yeah. There, there, there's really got to be some kind of control place because the American public is getting very, very frustrated. And I know that you hear that. I know that you mm -hmm. you get that message. Yeah, we 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 hear the message, and that's why we spent three weeks, you know, trying to uh, disrupt the entire makeup of the House Republican Conference. And, and I think the remaining leadership gets the message. I, I hope the Appropriations Committee gets the message. So. As, as Mike Johnson served on the Judiciary Committee right under Jim Jordan, he, he's seen up close and personal the weaponization of this federal government. He's talked about it. So hopefully he'll he'll 
take action. And and look, we've got we've got members in our conference. We've got more than three. You know, we can only look through. We've got you know a, a couple dozen members in conference that that they don't want to make very many cuts. And you know, it, it's unfortunate. I don't know if they're doing it because they don't want to get the media after them or, or what. But look, we've got to cut spending. And I can't think of a better place to start than the weaponized government, than Merrick Garland's weaponized Department of Justice, than Amen. Chris Ray's weaponized FBI. So, Amen. Uh, look, there's not a number too steep for me on on cutting the Department of Justice. Uh, it, it's it's the matter of finding a number that has significant, meaningful cuts that can get 217 votes, and that's the the job that Mike Johnson has now. When are we going to see some Biden family members giving live testimony in mm-hmm. front of your committee? Very soon. You know, uh, Jordan's doing the depositions. He had the deposition of Brady this week. Uh, he's he's going to be hopefully bringing Weiss in for a deposition. Uh, we we would like to do the same with the with the Bidens. Now, look what we found in the last three weeks. In the last three weeks, we found a wire from China to Hunter Biden that listed Joe Biden's address as the beneficiary. We found the $200,000 check that, that you referenced at the beginning of this of this interview. Uh, we found another check that we're trying to trace. We're, we're getting bank records in every day from the, the, the subpoena I issued almost a month ago. Once all these bank records are in, which hopefully be in the next week or so, we're going to trace every source of revenue that the Biden family had. And then we're going to bring them in and say, how did you get this $3 million from China? How did you get this $1 million from Ukraine? What did you do to get the $3.5 million from Russia? We could have brought them in and asked them a bunch of questions, and they would have said, I don't know, I don't know. You know, more than likely, we're going to get one crack at them. Sure. And I want it to be 100. You know how it is. You all do this all the time. We will have actual bank documents, financial records that no one knew existed. Nobody knew Joe Biden got a $200,000 check from Jim Biden, and, and they sure as heck didn't know that the two hundred thousand dollars came from that uh, healthcare company that filed bankruptcy that that that's suing Jim Biden for for fraud because he misrepresented that the Biden family could get him money from Saudi Arabia. So so we put together a pretty good case, and I think we're going to have some exceptional questions for the Biden family to answer. Uh, Mr. Cromer, you're doing great stuff, and I congratulate you, and I encourage you. Uh, I'm going to do a flashback to when I was. Uh, much younger in the days of the Watergate hearings. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some unsolicited advice, some, a recommendation. Right. And my recommendation to you and to your other committee members is to let an investigative counsel run the questioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in Watergate yeah. days, you didn't hear from Sam Irvin. He sat up there and he banged the gavel, you know, to open and close. And some very sharp prosecutors ran the questioning from A to Z. And they controlled the mic and they controlled the floor and they controlled the questioning. They did not mm-hmm. do the everybody gets their five minutes of fame routine, which every committee of Congress now does because everybody wants mm-hmm. to get their sound bite for their fundraising gig. And yep. it, it is disastrous because you mm-hmm. can never draw a conclusion. Yep. So, so my advice is, and who knows, maybe you'll take it. You get a very sharp investigative counsel. He does the committee questioning. He runs the line of questions from A to Z. And when he gets done, then the peanut gallery, the other members, they can chime in with a question here or there. Yeah. But let the facts get developed. 
let a prosecutor lay the foundation and drill through the questions, then the politicians mm -hmm. can jump in and ask a couple of stray questions. Yeah. Because you get yeah. nowhere. When everybody gets their five minutes and you jump back and forth, Dem Republican, Dem Republican, it's a, it turns into a distraction. Mm -hmm. You don't make any headway. So there's my, there's my two cents of advice. I agree with you 1,000%. And believe me, I, I made that pitch uh, in the first impeachment inquiry hearing. And uh, obviously, the members want their five minutes, right? <laughs> one thing that's changed, one thing that the Democrats changed is they started filming depositions. They did that in the January 6th hearing. That would essentially accomplish what you just said there. Yeah. And I think that what will probably happen with, with the Biden family uh, more than likely, we haven't decided upon this yet, but more than likely, they will either be given the opportunity to come in front of the committee or they can come in for a deposition. The deposition does what you just said. We have an excellent former DOJ employee in the Trump administration who's a who's a tremendous deposer. Jim Jordan has some tremendous deposers that we've seen in the right. Im impeachment hearings in the past that we can work together and the deposition can be filmed. So what you just suggested would be would be accomplished in a deposition. And, and instead of going five minutes back and forth, the deposition, you got one hour, then yep. the Democrats get one hour. Then we, so, so I like that. We'll give them the opportunity. I don't think any Biden would want to come in front of our committee because you know who I was on our committee. And, and the last <laughs> thing I'll say, one difference between Watergate and today, and, and this – was pointed out to me by Bob Woodward, who who I had dinner with not long ago, and, and we talked a long time about my investigation and, and, and the Watergate investigation. He said the difference that uh, Howard Baker had versus what I have is that Howard Baker was blessed with a curious, aggressive press corps. There you go. And he and he said, "You don't have that." Exactly. And I said, "Amen." That is, I mean, they attacked me when we got the two hundred thousand dollar check. Newsweek wrote an article attacking me for the two hundred, not not Joe Biden. So you know, this this mainstream media is a is a disaster. But at the end of the day, the American people are keeping up with this investigation because the polling shows the majority of Americans believe Joe Biden did something illegal. They didn't get that from CBS, ABC, or NBC. They're getting it from podcasts. They're getting it from social media. And, yep, and thank are. God for that. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Um, the importance of getting that down with a, a, a like a real prosecutorial line of questioning. Because mm -hmm. I, I flash back to Trey Gowdy putting Hillary mm -hmm. Clinton under oath for 11 hours. And they didn't lay a glove on her. They turned her into a saint. Yep. Uh, thank, yep. goodness, thank goodness Judicial Watch uncovered her dirty email server. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mr. Comer, uh, you've, you're, I just encourage you, regardless of what the press says, regardless of, you know, some of your colleagues are terrified of having a mean article written about them um, yeah. or, or having a, suddenly having the IRS show up at their doorstep. And, you know, you may have had a parking ticket from 1989 that you didn't pay or, you know, some other attempt to, to distract you or generate some phony mm -hmm. crisis. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, before we close out here, I'm going to give you the last word. What, are the American, what does the American public need to know that they don't know and that uh, you, you want them to pay attention to? Well, I hope the American people know that we built a case 
that has helped us obtain financial records that no one thought we would ever obtain. We now have the personal banking records in addition to their so-called business bank, banking, so-called businesses uh, of the Bidens. We're able to now trace the money as we speak. My staff, I just left them to come in here. We're tracing all the wires. Uh, hopefully in, in, in a few weeks, we're going to be able to have a chart to show where all the money the Bidens got came from and where it ended up. And I think that that's the result of a, a having a focused plan from day one and not just, you know, we could have brought the Bidens in on the first day and had a hearing, like you said, that with Hillary on Benghazi and all that and really not accomplish anything. But what we've laid out now, I mean, we have found criminal activity by multiple Bidens. Now, we have found where Joe Biden has benefited financially. No one knew there was a check directly to Joe Biden. Well, how about and, that house? We the, how about that two point seven five million yeah. dollar house? You show and up with all a, a shoebox full right of cash, right. and you just buy right. a house. Hopefully, we'll find some gold bars from uh, his old, <laughs> he and his old buddy Menendez. But uh, but I want you, you know, the American people are like this is taking a long time. Uh, I think we, by congressional standards, we've moved as quickly as possible. The DOJ's fought us, the FBI's fought us, Treasury Cabinet's fought us, and he's got the most expensive legal team in America led by Abby Lowell that's fought us, yet we've still been able to accumulate all this evidence. And uh, the the moment everybody's been waiting for, for the Bidens to come in and have to answer these questions, is uh, rapidly approaching. Congressman James Comer of Kentucky. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Chris Farrell on Watch. Thanks for listening to Chris Farrell's On Watch podcast. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.